You are listening to Kayo Conversations, a podcast about anything and everything that matters to Kayo Megas. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Leslie Harrington, CEO for Kayomega, and we are joined today by Lynn Harris, a 1980 initiate of Psi Gamma chapter at Mercer University. Lynn is currently serving as Kayomega's national archivist and has done so since 2006 when then SH, Jean Morosik, appointed her to this prestigious position. But this is not Lynn's only role with Kayomega. Over the years, Lynn has served in many different capacities for the fraternity. After teaching high school and then completing graduate school, she traveled as a national leadership consultant for Kayomega and went on to work right here at Kayomega's executive headquarters as the director of chapter services. Lynn has attended and worked numerous convention and firesides, and she made a name for herself as one of the most anticipated entertainers at convention revelry. And for those of you who don't know what revelry is, it is a really fun and silly variety show that used to take place at convention. Lynn is an educator by trade and a skilled historian. Most notably, Lynn was awarded Kayomega's highest honor, the President's Award, at the Virtual Convention 2020. And you can find Lynn either on her Kayomega World Tour, speaking at chapter events and anniversaries in Eleusinia's or at home in Chattanooga, where she is today, with her super cute dog, Hoover. Lynn, hey girl, we are so honored to have you with us today. Thank you, Leslie. I'm honored to be included. Yeah, thank you for sharing your time with us. Now, you have told Kaimega's story for such a long time. Today, I would like for you to tell us a little bit of your story for a change so everyone can get to know our National Archivist a little bit better. So tell me, why did young Lynn join Kaimega at Mercer in 1980? Gosh, you know, it seems like it wasn't that long ago in some some ways. Uh, And, you know, I was uh, really attracted as an only child, I think, going to Um, Mercer and looking for those connections, those authentic connections that we talk about. And I found that with the Psi Gamma chapter. Uh, They were fun. They were funny. They were leaders. Um, You know, they were just those fun, thoughtful friends that seemed to have it all together. And uh, it was just a great fit from the very beginning. Uh, That was the only choice for me. And uh, it was well, I mean, clearly it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Well, thank you for saying yes. And kudos to Psi Gamma Chapter for snatching you up. What would you say is your favorite Kaimega memory from your time at Psi Gamma Chapter? Gosh, there are so many. I think um, really the sisterhood events um, and gosh, so often uh, food was involved. You know, I, I've... <laughs> I have often the seventh said, purpose. I have often said that food <laughs> is our seventh purpose in Kaimega. And you know, you can look at that hashtag food as seventh purpose. But um, you know, it it some of the unscripted things like um several of us as new members uh, got together one night. We knew the officers were having their retreat, and we just went to Krispy Kreme and got a couple dozen donuts and crash the officer's retreat. So you, you just know, walked right in. Yeah, we did. We were <laughs> like, okay, we've got donuts and you know, we 
visited for a few minutes and then left. But that that kind of thing, those make the, the best memories. Um, I loved playing intramurals. Um, some people think I'm very competitive and uh, that can be true. Uh, but, you know, I love playing intramurals, but even more it, it, just being on the sidelines cheering. We had so much fun. And uh, after those intramural football games, I remember we would all go grab a sandwich or something and then meet back in a neighborhood park and just, I don't know, throw a Frisbee and hang out. And uh, so those are some of my my fond memories with uh, my Saigama sisters. Well, I know that, you know, we should probably bring intramurals back to headquarters. And when you're here, we should just like jump in the game, right? Maybe you know, like KD you, or Pike or something. When I was on staff at Kaimega, we had um, a co-ed softball team with the Pikes. And oh, that's right. I have to say, I played third base, and we went to the third round of the city tournament. Oh my gosh! Uh, one year, so it was it was serious stuff. We we called ourselves the Players Club based on our address. I get it. Kaimega's headquarters, thirty three ninety five Players Club Parkway. Players. That is so clever. Well, let's talk about that because you often remark about your time on Kaimega staff. What is your uh, favorite professional Kaimega memory? You know, I, I was so excited to be uh, offered a position as a national consultant. I was kind of the non-traditional national consultant starting that job at age, I think I was 27. Because uh, you had already had a couple positions outside of Kaimega. Well, I, you know, and, and to be truth be told, that was what I wanted to do as a senior in college was travel for Kaimega. Mm-hmm. I applied and was I was not chosen. It was a pretty competitive year. Um, somebody named Letitia Fulkerson and Jean Morosik were also were hired oh, that year. Both former national presidents. Right. So anyway, Lynn went on and became an advisor and continued going to conventions. But I had always wanted to work for Kaimega. And um, Susan Dance, who was a consultant, visited Mercer when I was an advisor. And I thought, you know, she is so impressive. I have always wanted to do this. I'm going to keep trying. So um, anyway, long story short, I got my opportunity and I eventually moved to Cincinnati in charge of the consultant program and overseeing the collegiate chapters. And it was such an exciting time to work for Kaimega. Uh, it was really, my tenure was the better part of the 1990s. Okay. And um, we moved to Memphis. We moved the headquarters from Carew Tower in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and, you know, any kind of an office move like that is is pretty major. We had been in Cincinnati for so many years. Yes. So um, it was a big, big deal. And there were about... Uh, five or six of us on staff that made that move uh, and uh, started where you are at the headquarters in Memphis. And so that was such an exciting, exciting time. And also our centennial in 1995, Kaimega turned 100. That's right. I was on staff for that. So um, it was, it was just so many things were going on. And I remember at the uh, formal dedication of the headquarters in June of 1995. You know, keep in mind, I had been in so many meetings about 
what was going to take place and what time would, and who was going to be speaking and all, you know, all of the details. And I remember sitting outside and people started looking up and pointing and, you know, there was some kind of commotion. And I told my friends, I'm like, it doesn't have anything to do with us. It's not, this isn't us, you know, whatever it is, just let's pay attention to the speaker, you know? Well, it did have something to do with us, but it was a big secret. Someone dressed as an owl parachuting down into the parking lot. In the middle of the presentation? Yes. And it was planned, but I just didn't know about it. And nobody else knew about it. So all 1,500 of us were uh, just thrilled and and surprised uh, that this owl had, had been welcome you know we were welcoming to the event so it was pretty that's fun. amazing do we have footage of that i would like to run yes. that. well oh, i don't know if in the video i've got some still pictures <laughs> they are oh in color wonderful <laughs> they are in color in 1995 thank goodness <laughs> well what fun who planned that do you think is that you know, I, that's, that has melanie shane written all over it i oh, yes. you know, i, I yes. think I'm, I'm not sure but yes National president at the time. Is that right? Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Chi Omega is fun. We are. Now, what do you think led you to have such a passion for Chi Omega's archives? Well, you know, I love history and I love Chi Omega. Um, academically, I have, I have two history degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. But um, I think having, having worked with the collegiate chapters, I had a pretty good handle on um, you know, what, who we are and, um, you know, Jan Blackwell being the archivist, the very first archivist we had, she served for 20 years and we all loved working with Jan. And uh, I tell you, uh, nobody knows how much she put into this uh, more than I do. And and all of us appreciated it. But, um, you know, I, I was asked when, when I wasn't on staff, but I was a volunteer, many times I was paired with Jan uh, during a firesides or something in Memphis and would help give tours of the museum area. And, nice. you know, so it, Jan knew it was time that she she was ready to step down. And so Jean Rossick asked me if I would be interested. And of course, it was just such a good fit for me. Um, and... I, I have absolutely loved it. I've often said I had, have the best job in, in Chi Omega. You do. And, you know, what an honor and what a wonderful way to tribute to one of your mentors is to take on the position of National Archivist. Thank you again for saying oh, yes. Gosh, we all have <laughs> our, our different strengths. Jan organized and typed and filed and, you know, just did all of the, the groundwork that makes it so easy for me to do the job of telling the story. And, you know, nowadays social media is, is, uh, you know, you, you want to meet the members where they are. And uh, that's a lot of what I do. Well, well, that's exactly right. You actually have something Jan didn't have, and that is your very own Facebook group. It's called <laughs> Friends of the Chi Omega Archives, and it has over 10,000 followers now. So tell us what types of posts are most popular with your Chi Omega history buffs? 
the history buffs. You know, we're also on Instagram too, at Kayo Archives. There um, you go. Plug it, yeah, sister. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of fun and there's a lot of interaction in that Facebook group. The things that are most popular, I have noticed over the years, anything with Dr. Charles Richardson, as Psy members called him, Sysdoc. So you post anything about Dr. Richardson, it's going to get a bunch of follows, likes, comments, uh, et cetera. Anything with Ethel Switzer Howard. Mm. Um, All uh, adore the symphony. It still is relevant today as it was when she wrote it in 1904. Um, Joe Bell Holcomb, who is, you know, obviously the beloved founder that was involved at Psy Chapter for so many years. Um, all of those are, are rock stars uh, for the archives. I think also when we have a mystery to solve, people love to get involved in that. And what I'm talking about, sometimes we will um, find an item, purchase an item, and we won't know the backstory. And with, I mean, if you watch Antiques Roadshow or anything like that, the provenance of an item is just as exciting or important as the item itself. And so oh, yeah. we have to do a little sleuthing to find out to whom it belonged, that kind of thing. I try to do that on Facebook, in the Facebook group, so they can participate in the the quest. And that's, that's a lot of fun. People Uh, get totally into it. Oh, absolutely. And um, sometimes, you know, just your average history buff is somebody that will, will find out the answer or turn me on to what a jeweler's mark, you know, what the, where the item was made, they'll find that before I do. So it's, it's very helpful and it's fun. And I think also um, any kind of post that we have from the past, when the content still rings true today, uh, it really hits home with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently posted a quote from a member of Gamma Chapter at FSU from the 1920s, and she was writing about what uh, attracted her to her Chi Mega chapter and what was different about her Chi Mega chapter. And basically mm-hmm. it was that there was no stereotype. And so this was a hundred years ago. People are, are commenting, oh, that's what attracted me to my chapter from 1992 or, you know, and it, it, uh, it really became a very popular post, uh, just a quote from 1924. Well, I would say that still rings true, and I can see why people gravitate towards statements like that. So much has changed, but so much is still the same, right, with Kai Mega? Absolutely, yes. Well, my personal favorite archive story is the one where the original Kai Mega badge made by Dr. Charles Richardson out of dental gold was lost, and then it was found again, just like Amazing Grace. So can you tell us that one? <laughs> yes, this is a fascinating story. Um, our original badge, which is, you know, our most precious possession. And it's amazing the the story that it tells, um, if it could talk. (laughs) But in 1906, the National Convention was in Washington, D.C. And um, Gene Vincent Heller was in, in, another founder was there in person. And After the convention was over, uh, several of the delegates decided to make a boat trip to Mount Vernon 
uh, George Washington's home. And they wanted to have a little ceremony at the Kaimega beech tree that had been planted by the members of Phi Alpha at George Washington. They had a, a little beech tree planted and the, the sad little twig was no more than, I don't know, three and a half feet tall, <laughs> four <laughs> feet tall. Anyway, they were going to, to bury a time capsule. Oh. And what was going to go in the time capsule? Well, they wanted to put a program from that current convention, a list of the Governing Council members and Gene Vincent Heller's great idea was to include the original badge Dr. Richardson had made in that time capsule. So it was buried at Mount Vernon. And that in was the ground. in the ground. Yeah. Now, long story short, the tree didn't make it. Oh. There are no beech trees. We, we researched this, I promise. Um, it, apparently... Mary Love Collins, when she was national president, let's say circa 1920s, sent an alum and her husband to Mount Vernon to retrieve the badge, which they did. Um, and she had just I, heard about this and knew where it was. I guess so. And the amazing thing to me when I look back on that story is that Chimegas could just dig in the ground at Mount Vernon and bury a time <laughs> capsule. Or is it more amazing that in 1922, somebody could just wander on and dig something up and bring it, you know, <laughs> with them? I don't know. Right. Zero <laughs> security. Zero. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're so pleased that that, that was uh, recovered and, and is in our, our museum now, safekeeping. That's right. I saw it this morning. So all is well. Right. It ends well. <laughs> But you are part of a larger National Archives Committee for Chi Omega. So what is your team doing now that is going to impact the way our archives are presented in the future? Oh, I'll tell you, we have some great volunteers and it's it's wonderful to work uh, with a group of people that have such a passion for the uh, for the history. And really, I'll, I'll just give you a couple of things that we're working on. Uh, digitization uh, is the code word for all archivists these days. And, and um, putting, you know, pieces of paper and photographs, um, you know, scanning those items and making them available uh, yeah. for searches and things like that. Well, you know, in our museum, if people have had the chance to come to the Kaimega headquarters, one of our most popular things are the chapter history volumes, the leather bound binders. Absolutely, that, yeah. You know, for each chapter, you can pull that down and flip through and learn a little bit about the history of your initiating chapter. Well, our desire is to put those online. And so that's going to be a huge um process, but I think it'll be invaluable to be able to, um, you know, from anywhere in the world, be able to click on uh, Pi Chapter and see University of Tennessee history, if that's uh, your desire. So that's one thing. The other thing is updating our museum display in mm. at the headquarters and expanding it um, to other areas in the building and, and just making it um, more up-to-date and, and user-friendly with some audiovisual components, things like that. That'll be really nice. I look forward to that. Well, I have to know, what is uh, Lynn Harris's most beloved Chi Omega artifact 
of all time and why? You know, I'm asked this a good bit and some each time I answer it, it could be a different answer. Not I, consistent. You know, <laughs> but we have so many treasures. I really, I have to say the original badge and we've already talked about it, but, um, you know, it to be able to, we just recently had it reframed. And so I was able to actually hold it in my hand and see the back of it. We took a lot of photographs and I'm just that kind of special history nerd that loves to see the back of something just about as much or the box came in or whatever, but um, it was so soft. You, you could bend it. I mean, it was um, definitely a softer piece of gold and um, just thinking about the, the early stages of our, um, founding when the women came together and Dr. Richardson fashioned that monogram badge and they looked at that and just fell in love with um, the whole concept and and so that that really is probably my my most treasured piece that I can think of that we have. It is so special. Do you know do the other 25 NPC organizations have their original badges? Are you aware? You know, I know some have founders badges. Uh, I don't know of a similar story like ours that we had. Well, none of them had a dentist that would make a badge out of, you know, dental gold. But this is almost um, like a prototype almost. It really was. It was a prototype. So uh, I think it's it's really special to Kaimega. It is. I mentioned your renowned revelry career. Tell us about your favorite revelry performance. Oh, my gosh. You know, my very first national convention was 1982. I was GH in my chapter. And back in those days, there was a revelry parade before the skits and everything started. Interesting. You didn't have to be in a skit. You just came in some kind of costume. And the costume could be a spoof on something that happened at conventions. Let's say the the bread was rock hard. And so you'd dress as a roll or something, you know, I mean, it, it, just, it, it, it could be Super something silly. off the, yeah, just flying by the seat of your pants. But mm-hmm. um, Lee McCraney, the GM at Mercer and I decided ahead of time that we were going to be Cardinal and straw. Okay. And so I, my mother had a um, uh, Cardinal, um, suit made for me. So I was a red bird and oh. Lee uh, was a scarecrow with straw coming out of her, her overalls. And Makes so we were cardinal and straw. <laughs> and uh, so to be able to participate in that, we didn't win any kind of award, but we did get our picture in the Eleusis, which was fantastic. Well, I was uh, going to ask you, we had a picture. Obviously we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, the, um, that was, that memory was great. And then the last time we had revelry, I think was 2014 and the Chimega foundation did a skit as synchronized swimmers. I remember that one. And it was fantastic. They had, um, I mean, there were women from age 25 to 85 and they came on the stage. All of them had swim caps, goggles, and had the hotel robes on, very serious, marched on, 
took their robes off and they had t-shirts with this bikini body printed on the t-shirt. Oh, right. Like you see in souvenir shops. Right, right. And then they did the synchronized swimming routine that was just a showstopper. And (laughs) it was, it was fantastic. So it's just fun to take a break from the serious and the meeting and, we, we have some jokesters among us, so uh, it was good good times. Well, all these performances, Tony and Oscar worthy, for sure. <laughs> Omega is not really the only nonprofit you are passionate about. You also support an organization right there in your very own backyard. Tell us about your work with Chattanooga Cares. Yes, I, I have been um, an active member of the LGBT community for over 20 years. And when I moved back um, to Chattanooga in, uh, well, over 20 years ago, I decided I wanted to work with, you know, community service. And as a, as a gay woman, I, you know, had friends who had been affected by HIV Mm. and, and some had lost their lives um, Mm. to AIDS and had friends whose children had, had passed away. Um, so that cause was very special to me. And, um, you know, let's face it, they're all, every cause is a great cause. There are many, many out there. Um, but I felt like I could really make a difference with that. And so I started uh, fundraising and each year would raise a little bit more. Uh, we have an annual event called Strides of March. It's our, mm-hmm. our HIV AIDS walk in Chattanooga. And I've been the top fundraiser for, for many years. And this past year was recognized as having raised um, over a hundred thousand dollars for wow, um, man. organization. And that is in no small uh, thanks due to my Chi Omega sisters who have supported me so valiantly uh, over the years. Every year I ask, um, so many sisters step forward and I just appreciate it so much. It means the world to me. Uh, I've never been shy about asking for money when I believe in the cause. And I serve on the board um, for Chattanooga Cares Foundation. And that organization has actually morphed into um, a public health clinic now known as SIMPA. And so we really are meeting the needs of the underserved uh, in Chattanooga. Oh, there's Hoover. Hey, Hoover. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, sleeping, we were letting sleeping dogs lie, but he's, he he had something to say. He did. Uh, But anyway, thank you for asking. Uh, It's, it's been a, a passion of mine and just, it's, it's wonderful to be able to, to give back. uh, And, you know, that's one way I can do it. Well, if you put one-tenth of the enthusiasm into Chattanooga Cares as you do, Chi Omega, they are darn lucky to have you. So I'm proud of you and all of your work in both organizations. Thank you. You have uh, probably visited more Chi Omega chapters than any governing council member, I would say. And you've got a sweater vest to prove it. Which ones? her sweater vest has all buttons from every chapter that she's ever visited. It's front, back, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, which ones have been your favorite chapters to visit and which ones are still on your Chi Omega bucket list? Oh, gosh. You know, I started traveling in 1989 uh, as a national representative and 
you know, it's my favorite thing to go to a collegiate chapter and uh, meet people face to face. And, um, you know, my favorites, gosh, I mean, I have been able to go east, west, north and south and um, have been able to meet so many wonderful sisters. I would say my favorite visit uh, has to be to Cy. Um, yeah. I call them the motherland. <laughs> and, you know, it is, and I've, I've gotten to go several, several times. Um, and, you know, you get off that interstate and you start traveling towards uh, the town of Fayetteville. And when I see Old Main, the yeah. central centerpiece of that campus in the distance, I just know I'm home. Yeah. And I, I love that chapter and that town. Uh, there's so much history, you know, to be able to stand on the steps um, of Joe Bell Holcomb's home where I've got photos in the archives of Dr. Richardson and, and Miss Joe Bell and other Chiamegas on those same steps. Um, so, so much history there and the people are wonderful. They have opened, uh, you know, welcomed me with open arms and I just can't, uh, they, they have allowed me to consider myself an honorary sigh and I, I am honored. So, <laughs> well, you know what, it is so remarkable that we can actually be in the room where it happened, the building where it happened or the steps where it happened. So right. I Absolutely. hope everybody gets a chance to go visit Psy chapter. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton reference right. to Hamilton. Right. right. <laughs> Well, Lynn, without a doubt, you are Chiamega's greatest storyteller. So I wanted to ask you if there is any Chiamega story you want to tell Chiamega today, what would it be? You know, one of my, I, I was thinking about this and one of my all-time favorite memories uh, after we had moved into the headquarters, and this is kind of a silly story, but I think it illustrates one point that I want to make. Um, I was on the national recruitment team for 10 years. So 1990, mm -hmm. 2000. So this was the later 1990s. I can't remember the, the year exactly. Laura Miller was the leader of our, of our team. And, um, you know, we worked hard. We spent a lot of hours. But then on that Saturday evening, she had directed all of us to bring an old bridesmaid dress. Mm. Because it, our weekend um, coincided with the Miss America pageant, which we were going to you know, watch as a group. now. Okay. So we were going to have our own pageant. <laughs> well, um, that was so much fun. I selected, um, a I've been a bridesmaid, I think, 12 times. So I had a lot of dresses from which to choose. But My goodness. I selected a lovely lavender um, taffeta number <laughs> and, um, from the back in the 1980s. Anyway, I, it was long dress. I wore it backless because I couldn't zip it up. Oh. Um, I wore my <laughs> hair up similar style, but just an updo, up, if you like an updo with a little tiara. Mm -hmm. And, um, my talent was flipping dimes off of my elbow and catching them before they hit the floor. Well, that's an Olympic sport, isn't it? Well, it should be. <laughs> and, um, so 
but the, the variety of dresses that we had and talents that we had, um, we had Barb Chapin from uh, Nebraska who came out in this very formal kind of winter number um, mm-hmm. with black velvet and green moire silk skirt. And she said it was her chapter sister's uh, wedding. Well, there was this huge stain on the side of the skirt. <laughs> it was water stain because she uses it currently as a Christmas tree skirt. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that. Yeah. The multi-purposing and, on purpose. Right? And Katie <laughs> Ferrer had just got married. Anna Buckner was in her wedding. So Anna wore her bridesmaid dress that she had only worn a couple of weeks earlier in <laughs> Katie's wedding. So too that, soon. Too soon. That, that was funny <laughs> in and of itself. And um, we had, let's see, Erin Hoffman from Houston. Her talent was hot rollers in her hair to dun 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 <laughs> you know, Renee Raymond from Southwest Texas, she had been a strutter, and that's their legendary yeah. dance team or whatever. Anyway, um, she, I remember, put her back to one corner of the grand entryway in the headquarters, and she was getting ready to do her strutter run, and she goes, I don't think there's enough room. Uh oh. So, I mean, it, it was very competitive. I, I do have to say that I was the winner of <laughs> competition. So, um, champion yet again, yeah, Lynn Harris. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it also sounds dangerous, too. I'm sure y'all notified, notified MJ Insurance. You know, the fun thing about this, it, I really want people to know how much fun it is to meet and love Kaimega sisters from across the country, you know, because we all came from different chapters. It didn't matter. Um, We fell in love with each other and just the camaraderie and the fun that you can have um, as an alumna and doing work on a national level. It's just, there's nothing like it. So um, anyway, that, that is a fun, fun memory. Well, I think we're a good kind of crazy, don't you? Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, you've done it again. Being with you and hearing all your Kaimega stories never disappoints ever. And today was no different. So thank you so much for making time to be with us today. Oh, Leslie, thank you. I appreciate you and, and all of the staff at headquarters uh, just make all of us as national volunteers look great and uh, just appreciate everything you do. Oh, well, we make a good team. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. So please stay tuned for more conversations coming your way. Also, if you have any podcast ideas or notable Kaimegas you'd like to hear from in our next broadcast, let us know. Just email us at Kaimega at Kaimega.com. And as always, keep an eye on Kaimega's social media channels so that you can be sure to join us next time. Thank you. Thank you.